I listen to a lot of like pop culture shows and they're talking about how amazing this is. And I was like, I should rewatch Avatar and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But mainly, I, I haven't. Mainly what they're talking about is uh, James Cameron's success in the past. Mm-hmm. And one of the fun facts that I, I learned was that when he did Titanic, um, he built a replica of half of, of the the boat, right? So it was just one side of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also built like a, a ton of miniatures and the price of that cost more than if they were to bring, if they were to take the Titanic off of the bottom of the ocean and repair it What to its original glory. How, how is that possible? That's, that's, that was the stat that I got. That's how much it costs to make all these things. So. Yeah, I would. I would be interested in uh, how they taking a look the at math. their methodology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at the very least, the, one of the reasons it was one of the most expensive movies in the history of the world is because of because he of built a fucking Titanic. He built the Titanic and then sank it <laughs> multiple times. I guess. Um, maybe it wasn't wasn't to return it to its glory, but I think it what it did cost more than pulling it off of the bottom of the ocean. I think that was the, that was. The I mean, I don't even. I'm not even sure that that's technically feasible. I'm not sure how you price it out. Yeah. Well, anyway, all I know is my heart will go on. <laughs> it was the number one movie <laughs> in the history of the world for a long time, until Avatar. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I got my sweet jerk off with the shoes on. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Just prepare to. Uh, yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a wash and unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You were listening to the Unbeatables, your semi weekly Pacers podcast. Today is January 7th, 2023, and this is episode 624. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss a 2-1 week of basketball with games against Toronto, Philly, and the Portland Trailblazers. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What's up? Undebeatable shout-outs to the city of Buffalo, because uh, you guys need a shout-out. It's been a rough few months there, uh, but great news this week. Uh, what's the guy's name? Darius Hamlin? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, seems to be recovering well, and so kudos to the medical staff that uh, were right there to get his heart going again. Scary stuff, but hopefully he'll see this through. Uh, did you did you hear the first thing he said when he came out of uh, 
Did, did we win? Yeah, did we win the game? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? All four of us. Glad y'all are here. Uh, we had to do it a day early, but uh, kind of worth it, I think. Totally. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, like wait till the listener, end of the episode. Yes, like the listener be the judge of that? Temper <laughs> our expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shout out 2023. Welcome to the future. Yes. Yeah. Uh, happy happy future, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And uh, shout out to our, our, our oh, yeah. also to our, uh, our best promoter out there, Mary Elizabeth, in Asheville, oh, North Carolina. <laughs> Shout out, Beth. Uh, thank yeah, you for listening. Who wouldn't love to be shouted out by the undebeatables? That's right. <laughs> Before we get to the rest of this, <laughs> I have a long list. <laughs> Before we get into the rest of the show, I'd like to remind listeners they can support us, the wrong, longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables. And you can support our show... For as little as a dollar per month. All right, team. It's been a another disappointing winning week of basketball. <laughs> Pacers go two and one. Uh, first game was Monday, January second, against the Toronto Raptors. They're at home, and uh, this game is a little, a little bit back and forth. But Pacers fought it out and closed it out this time. Uh, good, you know, we had the. Uh, Four, five, six, seven guys in double figures, led by Buddy Heald with 19 and Miles Turner 18 and 10 that night. Uh, and on the on the Raptors side, a couple of pretty uh, solid performances. Pascal, Pascal Siakam, uh, 26 points. Gary Trent Jr. with 32. Scotty Barnes, 23. Uh, but the big problem was they had no bench. We beat the ever-living crap out of them. <laughs> so, Pacers take the win, 122-114. to 114. The loss for the week, Wednesday, January 4th. Pacers away this time, and they lose this one, 126-129 to the Philadelphia 76ers. The standout performers, Buddy Heald again, 24 points. Nine rebounds for him this time. And Tyrese Halliburton, 16 points, 12 assists, gets his double-double. And uh, Jalen Smith and Bendik Bathurin, both uh, almost 20 points off the bench. Uh, James Harden dropping 26 on our heads. And uh, Tobias Harris, 19 points. Montrezl Harrell, 19 points. Joel Embiid did not play, so... They still took the win. And last game of the week, last night, uh, as of recording, Friday, January 6th, Pacers back at home against the Portland Trailblazers, and they win this one 108-99. This one was really tight back and forth all game, and Pacers, I, in my mind, unexpectedly just 
completely owned the last couple minutes of the game and just ran away with it. Uh, it was just it was a fun you know fun way to end the game. You know, it's nice to to dominate like that the last couple minutes and get to, get to dribble out the clock um, with with no no worries there. Uh, Miles Turner, seventeen points, seven rebounds for him, and Tyrese Halliburton, fifteen and uh, twelve assists with a double double for him. Buddy Heald, eleven points. I think Halliburton and Heald were, I don't know, combined for like maybe two points in the first half. It was it was not not looking good, but but they came out and, and picked it up in the second half. And and uh, Benedict Matherin, uh, nineteen points off the bench as well. Uh, Jason, we were talking before the show, and you've you've been pretty impressed with Matherin. Um, what do you have to think? Uh, what do you have to say about his his performance just this week as a whole? I mean, it's it, such a delight uh, as a rookie, and uh, getting better every game. Still, like uh, Quinn Buckner during the the Blazers game, just couldn't stop gushing about how. <laughs> impressive it was that he was like seeing new angles and like being creative and being more active on the defensive end and he does all this the thing that is impressing me now i, I yeah i've told you like ben matherin can basically do no wrong in my eyes right now he's like my favorite <coughs> son uh and <laughs> you do have a son right i do have a son yeah but he is well aware of you know that <laughs> there's tough competition, competition right now right uh <laughs> Uh, I forget what I was saying. I lost my thoughts. So in, enamored by Ben Matherin. Um, no, I mean, I I think that, uh, yeah, the fact that he's continuing to grow is, is super impressive. Oh, no, yeah, that was what I was going to say. The thing that impresses me most lately is that he doesn't even sweat. Like, he's out there playing the highest level of basketball in the world for the first time against grown-ass men, and it's like he barely breaks a... A lot. He doesn't even breathe hard half the time, like, and he's always under control. It's very good. But I was gonna say, Joey, you said you were surprised at the way the the Portland game closed out. I wouldn't be so surprised. This seems to be a trend with this Pacers team of late. That's the way they closed out the Toronto game. They kind of took over down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back down the stretch uh, to come to to take the lead. Uh, yeah. Against Philly, really should have won that game in regulation. Yeah, won that game, yeah. despite some uh, very uh, sloppy turnovers in the last minute. Yeah, uh, and they, then and then also had a chance to tie it up or uh, either tie it up or take the lead when my boy Ben Matherin got you know assaulted by mugged. James Harden, and yeah, the NBA I, admitted to yeah, it man. afterwards. So the last two minute uh, thing you can get on the NBA.com. So they do the last two minutes. Uh, there are multiple uh, incorrect calls. Um, two, I think, where Harden was mauling Matherin and didn't get called. And then um, one where Harden mauls Halliburton uh, with like 10 seconds left. Doesn't get called. And then actually they called the incorrect call on the very last shot in overtime where Buddy Heald was taking a three-pointer. Now, you never call that. You don't. I understand that that's a fair call to not call that. Buddy Heald sort of just fell over and flailed up a three. But the NBA went back and looked at it and was like, yeah, that should have been a foul call. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, I think it was four missed uh, calls on fouls against the Pacers in the last two minutes and overtime. Um, still, it was our fault, though. You got you got to mm-hmm. you, you can't turn the ball over like that, and you know, whatever. And in fairness to the refs, I mean, it's really hard to blow the whistle every time James Harden plays terrible defense. Like, we just yeah. wouldn't be watching basketball anymore. It has to recover by grabbing it the basically, yeah. No, I think three of the fouls were uh, Harden, and then one of them was, uh, yeah, I can't remember. He is just, was. It's the just egregious how bad he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who he's guarding, that person is just, just ISO arms. for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was basically the Pacers' offense down the stretch yeah. to get back in it. Was so it's just fun. or if uh, if the play is for Halliburton, let's screen until he's getting guarded by James Harden and then and run then right by attack. him. Yeah. Well, I you know I I must say that I was a little upset by the way that the play calling went down the stretch. I did feel like it, we just wanted to hunt Harden. Um, and it was Halliburton and Matherin. And it was one of those two guys standing at the top of the key, waiting, trying to get their dribble, trying to break him down. And, you know, he's a superstar in this league, and he's going to get away with stuff. And I felt like our offense got us back into that game. We were moving the ball. We were breaking them down. Um, they didn't have Embiid. Let's go down low. Let's do some stuff. And we just basically, you know, down the stretch – of the actual regulation and and in overtime, it was a lot of let's see if Matherin can get the line. You know, let's yeah. see if Halliburton can get the line. And I'm not seeing this team just completely abandon their offense like that in other games. You know, we talked about coming back in the Toronto game. We talked about coming back. Um, you know, actually, all last week I think we had comeback wins, um, and it was us pressing the ball, pressing the pace. Uh, running our offense, and I really felt like in that in that uh, Sixers game, we kind of gave up on that and tried to pick apart Harden, and he got away with stuff because he's a star, and you you gotta you know be it's smarter than that. Kind of hard to fault coach for going to the highest percentage play on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. We did enough to win. Yeah. We just handed the ball to the wrong team with 15 seconds <laughs> we, left. We yeah. we did do that. Yeah, I think that the, the I sort of agreed with you that it was a. a very heavy in that sense but the thing that changed was the i mean the success that we had to get back in that game was beating whoever it was at the top of the key and getting into the lane and then dishing off right Mm -hmm. finding open shooters um and that's what changed is it was it went from getting into the lane to to create a play to getting into the lane to try to score yeah, Especially sure. Matherin. He definitely has that kind of tunnel vision right now. I mean, but yeah. you, you can't blame him. <laughs> Some of He's yeah. very gifted at what he does. So. Yeah. 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 And this team has, you guys are absolutely right. There's been a grip of, you know, big comebacks, you know, great closeouts. This team really has shown a lot of maturity late in games that you just don't see that often from young teams. And, uh, you know, Portland was definitely the recipient of that. And I, I know that they're wishing they had picked a different Canadian in the draft after seeing Mather and Mather go to work <laughs> on them. Right. Had a, had a little extra for Shaden Sharp, who got picked uh, just behind him. Or in front of him? No, it was just behind him. He was behind, behind him, behind yeah. Him. He was yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was seventh. Because I wanted Mather was still Sharp. upset that he was even in his range. <laughs> yeah. <of> being <laughs> just angry at all fronts. Yeah. 
Uh, Everything's no, bulletin board material for that guy. He's great. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He's just angry at everyone. He's good. Uh, I've just been impressed. I, you know, yes, the Sixers game was a, was a missed opportunity. Uh, you know, we were on the road and they were without Embiid and, um, you know, we, we were up four with 15 seconds left and you got to win that game. But, um, you know, they still impressed. We still crawled our way back. We were down 10 with like five minutes left. We still crawled our way back in it. Um, we're beating teams on the road. I, I was looking at the stat. We're, I think we're 500 against teams, 500 or better. Um, we're, um, we're eight and 11 on the road, um, which is near 500, which is what quality teams do, you know? Um, I'm, I, this team just blows my mind. It's just, how did we get here? This is freaking amazing. We're currently in the seventh seed in a statistical tie with the Knicks for the sixth seed, which would be out of the play-in tournament, solidly in the playoffs. Um, There's a lot of basketball left to play, but um, I don't see this team getting worse. I see them getting better. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll talk more about this on on Thursday. I mean, the only thing that could switch the momentum is a a roster change, right? Which is still potentially in the cards. Um, be it, you know, them being buyers at the deadline and trying to fill a hole, which personally I wouldn't do at some level. I mean, we could use more size, I suppose. We could use a big. You don't you want Boyan Bogdanovich? Come on, bring back forward. Bogey. Bring back Bogey. I mean, yes and no, but I, I am really enjoying watching this team just, mm-hmm. just figure it out, kind of, and you know. Getting a guy like Bogey takes away minutes from a Neemhard or a Neesmith um, that I'm really enjoying watching. Like like Aaron Neesmith in that Portland game, he might have been the most impressive player to me because he struggled so badly from the floor and was working his tail off defensively the entire game. And then, you know, his persistence was rewarded down the stretch and he made like huge plays and, you know, almost got an amazing, you know, put back dunk and, um, all this stuff. And so it's just been good to see guys like that. Like, um, he's not necessarily blossoming, but he is turning into a professional, uh, basketball player. So, well, and, and, you know, uh, Smith was out, uh, in that Portland game. And so Jackson got the minutes and, you know, he's sort of, Oh, he's boy. the guy I've been following, and he's out of the rotation now. And he had a brilliant game. I, th- I think it was really fun to watch in that in that uh, Portland game. So yeah. Um, Although it so it's hilarious. As soon as he checks into the game, uh, whoever is the ball handler, be it uh, uh, Halliburton, Matherin, McConnell, Neimhard, <laughs> McConnell, they just immediately try to throw lobs. Yeah, at the yeah, they do. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> and, and it's great when Isaiah Jackson is in the game, but then they stay in that mentality, and then Goga's in the game, and he can't jump. And like, oh, whoops. oh, right, oh, right, he can't jump. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, and Isaiah Jackson basically playing a back-to-back-to-back, you know, because he had right, yeah. got sent down to the G League and played two straight games there, where he yeah. played pretty well by all reports, and um, yeah, had to get called back up and pressed into real life NBA minutes uh, against Portland had 
perform super well. So that's got to be a good uh, boost to his confidence there. Yeah, Toronto not looking so good this year. Yeah. They are having some issues, and they it doesn't look like they're going to be able to get Van Vliet done. And I don't know what that team is without him. Yeah, no, yeah, because there are a bunch of just big wings. Uh, somebody's got to, you know, run the offense and give them the ball. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I was that was very impressed by that game because their their length gave us problems at, at the beginning of the game, and I thought at the beginning of each quarter, and um, it was very impressive to watch this team sort of mainly Halliburton figure it out you know like because they were just in the way and they were making our lives hard and we just <coughs> figured out how to run our offense after you know three or four minutes of sloppiness and getting beat up by the defense sort of figured out how to pick them apart um i'm not sure why the raptors aren't better with their their length honestly i mean it's because they have no bench i mean yeah and, and van fleet's van always Vliet hurt is yeah and and yeah exactly yeah, or at least they, or at least Nick Nurse doesn't trust their bench, right? Like his starting five played, yeah, all of them played basically forty minutes in this game, and so that that's true all season, though, Jason. Right, that's exactly, and so I think they just yeah. get tired. Yeah, which is why <laughs> Van Vliet's always injured because he had to play forty minutes a game to stay in right. the game. Then you wear him down. Yeah. Then he plays bad. Vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year, didn't he win that? He did, yeah. yeah. But so did Tom Thibodeau. This is like the Tom Thibodeau uh, style. Just run your guys into the you ground? Have, <laughs> you have f- five or six guys that you trust, and that's the only people that you put out there. Yeah. Hmm. What did you guys think about uh, Duarte's return? I think he's been not terribly effective. I mean, is anybody concerned about him yet? No. No. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, it takes a while to come back from in- injury. Um his shot doesn't look great, but I still feel like he's moving without the ball. Um, he's still, you know, active defensively. I, I think he fits on this team. I, um, I think we're going to talk um, on the Thursday show about lineups, and um, there's some real statistical analysis that shows that he's very useful on that bench, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, I, no, I think it's just going to take him a little bit of time. Um, yeah, I agree. He seems to me like he's still getting his legs under. Yeah. And he has re-rolled that ankle basically in every game. Like, there's always one play where mm-hmm. he, like, lands funny. And, like, I think he left the Toronto game. and Yeah. But then was back. Nobody came their... back. Like, yeah, they didn't. They sent him back to the locker room, but he came right back. Put another pound oh, yeah, of tape on he, that thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. available, but I don't think we played him. But yeah, he okay, he, he was he was sitting on the bench. I I mean you know I mean honestly, also you've got to think about this team is evolving very quickly, um, and some of it's happened while he was injured. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of new stuff has happened since the first ten games when he was <laughs> available. Uh, we're playing a different style. We're playing smaller. We're playing faster. Um, not only does he have to come back healthy, but he has to adjust to to what we're doing. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I may be a little bit more pessimistic than you guys. I think how well this team has played without him should be concerning if you're Chris Duarte yeah, <laughs> and want sure. your minutes no, in a fair. place on this team. I mean, yeah. even those first 10 games of the season, he, you know, this this is our wily 80-year-old veteran guy, right? And, <laughs> right. you know, he, he really, he had like one good game early on. Um and he was mm-hmm. good in one of those comeback games before going out again, but it really has not been a very impressive season for him. So he's got a he's got a ways to go to really carve out a you know a, a real long term spot with this team, or um, you know other guys are going to pass him by. Neesmith has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, you you make a good point. Like on some level, this season is you know we've been better than expected, but also this season was also about figuring out all of these prospects and who's going to last on this team moving forward. And this is not a good time to not be uh, impactful. I mean, yeah, but it's a long season. So, yeah. you know, th- he will Which have we're halfway through, by the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're halfway through it, though. Right, exactly. But I think he will have opportunities. I mean, people are going to go out here and there with little minor injuries or, you know, hopefully just minor injuries the rest of the way. Um and so he'll have opportunities. And I think, you know, for all of these young guys, like getting consistent minutes is a key to success. Like being able to get out there night after night um, helps you get in a rhythm and gain confidence that you're not going to get pulled out of the game if you make a mistake, which I don't think anybody feels like that on this team because, um, yeah, Carlisle's been pretty good about just letting them play. Yeah, and- no fear well, of losing. They- Unless there's yeah, exactly. Unless well, there's something like super egregious. <laughs> well, that's that that, that just that brings to me to a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that brings me to a, a, a point. I I think that uh, Carlisle has evolved since he was our previous coach, uh, when he was a coach back in the you know early two thousands or whatever, because he didn't play rookies. He didn't let guys make mistakes. You you threw the ball out of bounds and you were on the bench. Right. And I don't know if he's just decided that. This team's young and he's going to go with the flow or whether he's evolved over his years with uh, Dallas. But it's been nice to watch his patience um, with this team. Um, And then the other thing I would say about guys who need to come in um, real briefly and just don't need the reps is uh, O'Shea Brissett. I think he deserves Mm -hmm. a shout out. He's been fantastic. He has no idea when he's going to play. He goes long stretches about a, a minute, and then sometimes he'll play 20. And I think he's been impactful every time he's been on the floor. So yep. shout out to O'Shea for just being ready when he's called. No doubt. Yeah, no, The a, sauce! To speak to your Carlisle point, I mean, it could be a little from column A, a little from column B. I mean, the, the style of play uh, in the NBA now, and especially the style that the Pacers are playing, is... Uh, the exact opposite of what Carlisle was playing, you know, when he was coaching the Pacers or the Pistons, like back in the day, like here, the goal is to outscore your opponent as opposed to limit your opponent from scoring. Right. 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 And he understands that the way to do that, at least with this team is to play super fast. And when you play super fast, mistakes are going to happen. And so maybe that style of play makes him more understanding of rookies making mistakes throwing the ball out of bounds because like even veterans would be making mistakes playing at that speed you know yeah i still see him 
pull out guys when they make a mental sure. error. You know, he's still he if he sees a teaching moment, he's still making it. But I mean, yeah, and he in the Portland game, we started out the game down ten to nothing, and he called a timeout. You know, oh, in three yeah. minutes, and so we he called a timeout and was like, "Look, guys." When you guys aren't playing defense, and all you're doing is shooting from the three-point line. So, play defense and drive to the basket. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we got back in the game. So it was they like, were they were garbage to start that game, and, and oh, they yeah. really did turn. Yeah, after that timeout, that was, you know, pretty quickly it was it was a competitive game again. So, uh, but it, yeah, they they yeah they just kept chucking threes, and, and they weren't falling that game at least at the beginning. So. Well, and it was yeah. there was not there was no effort to even, yeah, get into the lane or right. offer any resistance for a Portland Trailblazer player that was trying to get into the lane. So yeah, it was a very necessary timeout. Yeah, for sure, especially a team without <laughs> a shot blocker. Goal. You should be going at the rack, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, Joey, I think we're we're seven of our last nine as a team. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry for your um, <laughs> for your hopes and dreams. I mean, th- whatever you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this such is life, you know. No, it's, it's like I said. I, like I said last week, you know, I'm I'm basically I'm past the the past the tanking. You know, it's uh, it's not going to happen. Doesn't matter now. You know, we we we've already we're too good for that. You know, we're, we're, we played too too good for that, at least. So, um, it's we're past it. So, we're, you know, I, I was kind of joking at the beginning about you know it's a disappointing winning week of basketball, but you know I, I haven't fully I haven't fully uh, transitioned in my mind out of that mode yet. You know that there's still like those, you, you know, like those those games where you know if things fall apart at the end or you try some things and they don't work. There's always that upside when you're when you're tanking. You're like, oh well, we lost that game, so we're one step closer to, you know, women Yabe. But, but I haven't fully, you know, I had embraced it. I, you know, I, I started to live that life where, I was, uh, you know, embraced the losing, and I didn't like it, you know, but. No, we're we're good. We're we're. I'm, I'm rooting. For, for winning basketball now and well you know like and, that and that Sixers it. game right like like you go okay well we're this is playoff style basketball in another arena and we lost in overtime there's some moral victory in here yeah but like we're winning so many games it was kind of like ah oh, we should have won that one oh yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like, it's always a little screw moral victory James Harden under any circumstances yeah. yeah God and he's such a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I he cracks me up. You know, he's I, I feel like a lot of his game, apart from his elite stopping, you know, he's such a good stopper. <laughs> elite stopper, uh, not not defensively. He's not a defensive. No, no, stopper. Let's not be a clear. not a, not a defensive stopper. I mean, f- physically stopping his body. <laughs> uh, you know, but part of his game is just you know as they they continuously adjust the you know the rules around fouling. You know he's uh, he changes his game to match those rules. You know, so he's got to he's got to you know get those fouls. You know, he got to get those fouls when he's going to the hoop. So you know, there's some of that <laughs> last year maybe they made some pretty drastic changes. And um, 
you know, he just wasn't getting the calls at the beginning of the season. And he was like throwing up his arms and he was outraged. And then they're like, it's not a call anymore. So, you know, he, he learned, he learned. And, uh, and now he's, he's back to his old tricks. New tricks, but yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's, he's, <clears throat> his tricks have evolved. Old dog. All right, well, Colson, as you mentioned, the Pacers are now 22-18 and 18 at the time of recording. If you'll remember, fans, when we did our preseason preview, the Pacers' over-under number was 23.5. Mm. Uh, so we are over – no, we're at game 40. After tomorrow's game, we'll be uh, halfway through the season and potentially already at uh, that number, <laughs> which is – After we dispatch well, you know. Charlotte – Exactly. Right. Although the Hornets did just destroy the Bucks with Giannis, uh, but I'm not afraid. I mean, We're win that game. yeah, that's their win for the month. <laughs> Got it early. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Pacers play Charlotte in the Fieldhouse uh, Sunday. Uh, then a few days off, and then at the road at the at the Mecca, playing the Knicks uh, on January 11th. Uh, Home to Atlanta on Friday the 13th, mm. and then home to Memphis on the 14th, Saturday night. Back-to-back there, but both in the field house. Of week. What are you guys feeling? Sweep. Good sweep or this. bad sweep? Uh, I mean, the winning sweep. Okay, wow. Harper, what you thinking? I'm feeling like a split to me. Mm. I was thinking two and two. Um, that feels truthy to me, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say three and one. This team continues to surprise me. Yeah, they do. All right, and are we taking uh, uh, super fan listener Mike's <laughs> advice, and we can pick anything, or do I need to take? Oh one yeah, three? you can pick anything. I just I was yeah that wasn't that I I could have matched him. Uh, okay, gotcha. Harper. But I didn't. But you didn't want to be right one as well. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be wrong. (laughs) That Knicks game will be super interesting. Like you said, those guys are right next to one another in the standings. Uh, Atlanta seems to be a hot mess at this point. Yeah, but Uh, if the playoffs started today, we'd be playing them in the play-in. That's true. Implications there for us as well. Yeah. Jason, what'd you say? I'm sorry, I missed it. Three and one. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, Oof. Nobody's picking one and three. This we just our confidence I mean, is just I, through just, the roof. Sh- yeah, Charlotte's just a gimme. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and I feel like Atlanta probably is too. If it's at our house, we're not like gonna, maybe in Atlanta it might be different, but we're not losing three straight. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and, oh, the Grizz is that the loss? That's gonna be a tough. game. That's gonna be a tough game Grizzlies for sure. Are very very. And good. you know the Knicks are not slouches uh, on. Uh, when you go, when you go there. They don't. Have, they're they're only five hundred at home this year, but you know, playing in the garden is always going to be tough for you. Always team. tough. Yeah, yeah. I and think Buddy Hill's going to hit like seven threes in the in the in the uh, garden. So his average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well. We'll be back with you on Thursday, and we're going to do a little little deep dive, and then and uh, and then you'll hear you hear the results of those games that, that Jason had just mentioned. You hear about those uh, on on the show next Monday. 
until then, you can find us all over social media. We're all over the place over there. We're featured there often. Uh, <coughs> we're on Twitter at Undebeatables. On Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. And there's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. Thanks uh, to everyone who's been doing that. And email, shout out at theundebeatables.com and on the website slash store, you can buy a small t-shirt. For the architect, Dunny Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklander. My heart will go on <laughs> Turn out the last The party's over I was getting concerned when I saw you ramping up to it uh, That's where that's I, I, got, I, got I got all, you know, Celine Dion I, was there. I felt it I, I had to do the, it I was in the theater <laughs> I think I heard she's got like she's got some she's not in a good place right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Shout out yeah. Celine Dion. Yeah, My heart. she's got some Yeah, she's got some super problems. rare disease. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's got hella pipes, so that will probably uh, get her through this. That lady can sing. Yeah. Jason, you ever think about naming your band Hella Pipes? No, but now that's going on the list. That was that was Colson's bagpipe band in high school. <laughs> I did go to school in Minnesota. Yeah, hello pipes. That didn't work. It wasn't Minnesota. That wasn't the point. It was McAllister. That was the point. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. High they don't school, just play college. bagpipes I, in, in Minnesota. I screwed it up for you. I, sorry, I fumbled. I fumbled oh, the fumbled the handoff in the relay there. I'll get it together hey, for the Thursday show. Play. Uh, I was thinking. Uh, I did not know that there was a, a bagpipes for big. They're not in Minnesota as a whole. We, no, but, but we but didn't we, know either until first semester of college when we were hungover <laughs> at eight in the morning on a Saturday, and <laughs> awoken by bagpipes. Yeah, they were just like wandering around the the football field playing bagpipes, practicing. Uh, wandering. Yeah. Well, and also practicing bagpipes is a. A different thing than professional bagpipes. Is it? I, there's no way to know. There's a subtle difference. Yeah. Wandering bagpipes was the name of my band in high school. <laughs> we had my, it the, when we lived at the Alameda, Joey, they would do the bagpipe practice outside the Scottish Rite. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah. That, they they, they that. were nice. They did it in the afternoon, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Was, oh, that's very that, kind. And then also there was one day when I was thoroughly hungover, and then there was a. Uh, it was before like the Circle City Classic. There was like um, marching bands that were mm. uh, warming up outside my window, yep. which was great. Oh yeah, you know, warming so up hungover. outside your window, yeah, yeah. But warming up, I assume that you mean just pounding just on drums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. it was tubas like just band, like you know, blowing <laughs> as hard as they can. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh. Shout out Alameda. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out McAllister. Shout out Bagpipes. I'm ready for some yeah, snorkeling. Shouts out. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go deep. Snorkel deep.
Oh, instant classic. I have not seen Avatar except Harper. We watched it at your house, sort of, when I fell asleep. Like, oh, you fell asleep within like five minutes. I saw a blue blur and then I fell asleep. Yeah. Did did we ever did we ever uh, finish the MacGuffin conversation? Do you want to fight now or later? <laughs> MacGuffin conversation. Remember, so so that was actually so we were we were on on Undebitacon, and uh, you mentioned that uh, Unobtainium was stupid oh, God. for the Avatar, and I said uh-huh. it's not stupid; it's just a MacGuffin. And you said it's not a MacGuffin, and I was like, yeah, it totally is. And then it, and then we it, we started to fight. Yeah, well, it's it's still, it's, it's a MacGuffin. It's on tape. <laughs> it's Joey, it's it's, it's legitimately uh, it, MacGuffins. All they are is their plot devices to drive the plot. That's what I know. But I mean, they could have just called it something less stupid. I understand that, but it's still a MacGuffin. Yeah, the fact that it's a MacGuffin doesn't stop it from being stupid. I agree with that, but that wasn't the argument. He was saying it wasn't a MacGuffin. I'm totally right. Okay, and I will go. I will go to my deathbed knowing that I'm right. It's a, it's a dumb name. And <laughs> I, I totally agree. That's, it, and you're I'll not go to wrong. Your deathbed knowing that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Basketball on go. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hard aside. <laughs> sorry. And no one has seen the the new Avatar movie. I haven't either. No. no, no. All right. Well, you were like talking about. Yeah, you made it sound like you had gone and. <laughs> is this one well, also no. three hours? Yeah, no, 3D? it's like three and a half hours in three yeah. D. James yeah. Cameron doesn't make movies that aren't most of your day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm not gonna be seeing this until it comes out on, on video. Do they have? And then I'll watch it in thirty minute installments. Well, the thing is, is apparently it's like a really poor plot and bad uh, dialogue. But <gasps> Not it's the just, Avatar it's, sequel. <laughs> but it's visually stunning, and you're supposed to watch it on the big thing and on mushrooms, you know? And, right. and I'm just saying, let's all do that. We should right. all be doing Sounds that. good. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. coming up, right? In February. Yeah, I'll be in February. Yeah. Bring the mushrooms. And all right. Let's make all right. this happen. All right. Let's do this thing. Yeah, It'll I'd... still be in the theater by then, probably. I don't have a 3D TV anymore. So, mm. Mm. do you have to do you have to wear glasses for the 3D TV, or is it just like pop out on the screen no matter what? It depends on the type of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> we never did the second sync. <laughs> no, Colson. Every I time you did. try and do it, Colson cuts you off. I totally derailed the whole thing. All right. Three, two, one. Basketball! Go! Good save, Cole. Sorry. I was, I was not ready for that at all. You might have to go back. And, can we do another go? That was amazing. I, I, I missed that by a full two seconds while I was choking on beer. Yeah, but we, we'll pick up the choking of the, on the beat. <laughs> okay, okay. And that's, how, right, that's how you'll sink okay, it. Fair enough. Or we can do another one. No, no, yeah, that's yeah. fine. No, I think, do, I think you you're should right. do, do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs>